So we have a six-year-old boy with a past medical history of glucose 6-phosphate dehydrogenase deficiency who presents to the emergency department for a cough associated with vomiting. His parents state that he has been coughing every day for the last week. He is unimmunized but otherwise healthy. He appears well on exam with a dry cough and occasional wheezes. His laboratory workup reveals a leukocytosis with lymphocytic predominance and a chest x-ray with peribronchial thickening. Based on the suspected diagnosis, which of the following is the most appropriate therapy at this time? So this is a pretty complex clinical vignette. There's a lot of information here, a lot of really good information. And we're being asked first to make the diagnosis and then what is the most appropriate therapy at this time. But as you'll see, this is more of actually a like a tertiary type of question or a third order type of question. So let's look at the answer choices. We have answer choice A, ampicillin sulbactam, B, azithromycin, C, ertapenem, and D, trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole. Couple things here. We're told some key information. This patient has glucose 6-phosphate dehydrogenase deficiency, and that is going to be important. And just looking at the answer choices here, I see that this is a reveal because no matter what, this patient will not be able to take answer choice D, trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole, because of this information that we're given of glucose 6-phosphate dehydrogenase deficiency, which could lead to a hemolytic anemia with certain medications, TMP-SMX, shorthand for trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole, will cause that. So that's important to note right here. And what we have is the patient presents with a cough and vomiting. That's also very important. And this cough has been going on for the last week. All right, so this is subacute, at least acute to subacute. One of the most important pieces of information, although not sure it would change how I would treat this clinically, and I'll tell you why in a minute, but he is unimmunized. And any time on a board question that you are told that a patient is unimmunized, I would focus on all the organisms that immunizations prevent as being a central concept to the question. All right, so let's go on here. So he has a cough and wheezes. And another key piece of information here that would be part of this reveal is a leukocytosis with lymphocytic predominance. Whenever I see this, there are a handful of conditions, one off the top of my head. When I see that, I always think Bordetella pertussis, okay? And let's go on here. We see an x-ray with peribronchial thickening, which you could see that in pertussis. You also see this in things like RSV. You may see it in asthma. So you could easily kind of be led astray. And oftentimes in clinical practice, and we'll see in a minute, pertussis is often missed for the presentation of bronchitis. So now we need to know the suspected diagnosis. And let's put this all together right here. So most kids, so children who are immunized are unlikely to contract Bordetella pertussis. It does not have a lifelong immunity, and actually you could still contract it. It's not 100% the vaccine, but it's pretty darn good. So pertussis actually 
in the post-immunization era most commonly occurs in adolescents and adults. Okay, now this is a six-year-old boy and he's unimmunized, so it's possible he could get anything here. And if a child received the vaccine, they would not get the condition. So here, Bordetella pertussis is really the number one possibility, and this is why. It starts off with this cauteral phase, right? The symptoms of mild fever, cough, rhinorrhea, and it's like flu-like symptoms, and this typically lasts a couple weeks. And we see some of that here. And then you enter this paroxysmal phase, and this is the classic pertussis whooping cough, right? where you'll have a paroxysmal cough and inspiratory strider. And in that paroxysmal cough, it will be a staccato type of cough. <coughs> right? And then because you've essentially out of any air, you have to take a deep breath in like that. And you're doing that with a closed glottis, and that causes this whooping sound. And that is the classic pertussis. And then you may have a convalescent phase a few weeks out from that. So all of this is really describing pertussis. And the diagnosis could be made clinically, but it could also be made through PCR. So we believe we know the diagnosis, Bordetella pertussis, whooping cough. And we need to know the most appropriate therapy at this time. Let's go through the answer choices. So we have ampicillin sulbactam. And this is an IV medication. It is a very broad spectrum antibiotic. And for the most part, we get no signal in this question that the patient needs to be hospitalized or that they're unstable. And so there's really no reason for ampicillin sulbactam. So I'm going to cross out answer choice A. Let's go to answer choice B, azithromycin. Now, the first-line treatment for Bordetella pertussis is the macrolides. So it could be azithromycin, it could be erythromycin. Uh, so these are all macrolides. We're going to just keep that there. This is the leading contender right now for the correct answer. Let's go on to the next one here, erdapenem. Erdapenem, I lump with medications like ampicillin, sulbactam. It's IV, very broad spectrum, typically given for patients with resistant organisms or people who are pretty sick. So I'm going to cross off erdapenem here. Really doesn't fit for this case. And then we have trimethoprim, sulfamethoxazole. Now, here's the thing. This is also a medication or treatment for pertussis. It is, in fact, acceptable to give, although it is considered second line in most cases. Here's kind of the key. If you didn't know that TMP SMX was second line and you came down, you had this eliminated to these two answer choices, B and D. The key here to eliminate TMP SMX is going back to the vignette and seeing that this patient has a history of G6 PDH deficiency. And those patients should not be given trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole as it can lead to a hemolytic anemia. Knowing that, we are going to cross off answer choice D, trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole. And it leaves us with azithromycin, which is absolutely the first line treatment. So it is consistent. Now, this is just kind of to expand on this. Pertussis can occur 
in infants as well. And because you have more than one macrolide, really any macrolide will treat pertussis, but in infants in particular, the preferred regimen is azithromycin in infants less than one month old. Now, otherwise, in this patient, you could use any macrolide. So let's choose answer choice B. And indeed, that is the case. Answer choice B is azithromycin treats Bordetella pertussis or whooping cough. Hey everyone, before you go, remember you could also watch the reveal at the Rosh Review YouTube channel, where you can see me interact with the actual question and answer choices. And if you're interested in your own QBank, whether you're an MD or DO, a PA or an MP, simply go to the RoshReview.com website and sign up for a free trial. Keep learning, keep working hard, and always have a sense of mission about your work. Now is your time. This is Dr. Adam Rosh signing off.